When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Kevin Durant wants out. One of the more gutless moves in the history of professional sports. Canty's head goes right into his hand when I say that. But it's true on my part. That's what I believe. That really is the word for it, though, right? It's gutless. It's gutless. It's a gutless move. I mean, you left a better basketball situation with the Golden State Warriors to come to Brooklyn to start your own thing because you got tired of everybody chirping, saying that you had to go to a ready-made contender. You couldn't build it on your own. You came with Kyrie Irving. That was going to be your running mate. The organization turned over control of the franchise to you, and three years later, you want out of the mess that you created. Help me make that make sense, Carlin. I wish I could. The organization handed the keys over to Durant, and then Durant handed the keys over to Kyrie, and Kyrie wrote, drove the car off the road. And now Durant is climbing out. Yeah, the car is somewhere in the East River right now. <laughs> it is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who do you blame in all of it, and where is the best fit for Kevin Durant? For me, the blame is pretty easy. I, I just I look at this from a Durant standpoint, and I don't see somebody that really wants to tough it out in a tough time. I see somebody that's a, a non-competitor in in some ways. And on the court, I'll never deny what Kevin Durant is capable of and being a competitor actually on the court. But the big picture scenario here, Chris, everything you just outlined in coming here, he was only interested in making decisions. He wasn't interested in making those decisions work after they've already been made. He wasn't interested when James Harden decided, I need to find my way out of here in trying to step in and fix this problem that he had with Kyrie Irving for the greater good so that everybody could chase a championship together. This happened. The Nets went to him and said, don't you want to get involved here in terms of trying to make this situation better? And Kevin Durant basically said, not my job. Same thing happened last week with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Not my job. When you're a leader, when you're somebody that other people want to follow, when you're a true competitor in this situation and you're out to set your own legacy, these are all important parts of it. And Kevin Durant had zero interest in any of it and now is bailing out when the chips are down, when the organization that brought him in gave him and Kyrie Irving absolutely every single thing that they wanted. Yeah, Carlin, you have to question the sports character of not only Kyrie Irving, but Kevin Durant in this situation. Because you're right, KD enabled Kyrie to behave the way that he has over the last three years. And as the best player on the team, and as the guy that ultimately gave Kyrie leverage, KD deserves some of the blame or a lot of the blame for what's happened in this massive failure. And Carlin, I said this before, I'll say it again. This is the biggest failure 
in NBA history. In terms of teams falling short of the expectations that everybody set on them coming into a year or coming into a situation, this has to be the biggest failure. This is bigger than when the Charles Barkley joined Clyde Drexler and Kim Olajuwon down with the Houston Rockets. This is bigger than uh, when Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor didn't win a championship with the Lakers. Like, this is bigger than all of those. The, 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 the magnitude of this failure is bigger than any failed super team that we've seen in NBA history. And that, that to me, is an embarrassment, and Kevin Durant has to be the face of that situation. He has to be the face of that failure. And so, for me, this is one of those situations where – Kevin Durant came to Brooklyn to try to enhance his legacy, and in a lot of ways, he's going to leave Brooklyn diminishing it. This situation is not just worse. They lapped those other situations. Yes. They, they lapped them. It wasn't even close. Here's Stephen A. Yesterday on the NBA Today free agency special, he does see it a little bit differently. I feel that Kyrie Irving ruined the franchise. I feel that all of this is his doing. If Kyrie Irving had shown up to work, if he had been a more consistent presence, then he'd still be in Brooklyn. KD would still want to be in Brooklyn. They probably might have won a championship or at least would have been knocking on the door again because we all know that Kyrie Irving is a spectacular talent. The fact of the matter is, is that when you hear, you all know it, you cover the league. I know he and everybody close to him wants to blame me as if I'm the only one talking about him instead of the entire NBA community. But that's okay. Everybody knows late practices, showing up when you want, leaving when you want, going to the locker room after the coach conducted a practice and pulling players out to bring them on the court and conduct your own practices, assuming that you know what, you are going to play a significant role in who was going to be on the front office, who's going to be on the roster, et cetera, et cetera. Instead of coming there to work every day and simply doing your job, it's something that became too drama-filled mm-hmm. to the point that in the media capital of the world, with the media descending down upon you, they were looking at the Brooklyn Nets in a not-so-flattering fashion. And the behavior was completely enabled by all involved, across the board, completely enabled. And it's, it's Kyrie ultimately with all of that kind of behavior, but it's KD who came here shopping for a legacy, hitched himself to Kyrie, and ended up in this situation. Now it's, I can't get out of it fast enough. But here's the thing, though, Carlin. It's not like Kevin Durant has to leave. The only reason why Kevin Durant is leaving is because the organization didn't do what Kyrie Irving wanted him to do with his contract. That's it. There's nothing else that Kevin Durant can point to and say, the Brooklyn Nets didn't do right by me, or the Brooklyn Nets disrespected me. You, you can't say that. The only disrespect that the Brooklyn Nets could have potentially thrown KD's way is not doing every single thing that Kyrie Irving wanted him to do. And after the way that Kyrie behaved the last couple of years in particular, how can you blame the Nets for that? So I hear where, where Stephen A. is coming from and saying that, yeah, this is all because of Kyrie Irving. This is all Kyrie Irving's fault. But Kevin Durant deserves a lot of blame in this situation because he's the one that enabled Kyrie. The Brooklyn Nets would love to keep Kevin Durant. Kyrie is an afterthought. But because they have such a close relationship, that was why the Brooklyn Nets gave more leeway to Kyrie Irving than they otherwise would have to any other player because they did not want to offend Kevin Durant, a guy that committed before last season to signing a contract extension and tying him to the organization for the next four years. Well, Carlin, he's not going to play one minute 
under that new extension. Not one. Nope. Because he's going to be on the move this summer. I, I just, to me, I don't understand how anybody can defend Kevin Durant's trade request from the Brooklyn Nets. He, he's, he's clearly, clearly out of pocket with this one. It's a weak move. And again, Carlin, I think you have to start to question the sport character of Kevin Durant. I don't think you have to start to question it. I think you have to question it. When it gets tough, this is a guy that's shown he's always going to bail. Bail out, no doubt. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. David is up next on the phone lines on ESPN Radio. David, what do you got? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. The, uh, uh, I, I, uh, Chris, I have to disagree with you that the Nets didn't provide competent leadership. I mean, it's easy to blame KD and Kyrie, and they, they deserve some of the blame. But my kids are really smart kids. But if I left them, they'd play Xbox all day. The, uh, we knew that Kyrie, uh, we knew his history. We knew Harden's history. Uh, but, they, but they brought him on. They brought both those guys on board. Plus, they hired a coach who never had any head coaching experience. They hired a coach. They hired the coach that he wanted to hire. I believe that they got they, swept. They got swept because Nash is not a championship coach. David, they, they hired the coach that they wanted him to hire. I don't understand this. When an NBA star goes to a team and he doesn't like the coach, you know what those organizations usually do? They fire the current coach and they hire whoever the hell the star wants them to. This situation was no different. Kenny they hired Hudson, Nash because that's who they wanted. Exactly. Because Steve Nash worked with Kevin Durant when they were at the Golden State Warriors. That's why they hired him. Steve Nash wouldn't have had another job around the NBA if it weren't for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They fired a coach that took the Brooklyn Nets to the playoffs in Kenny Atkinson. So I don't understand it. You said they didn't provide them with competent leadership. Well, yeah, you can make that argument, but what you're saying is they shouldn't have given Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving the opportunity to pick their coach like other superstars around the NBA. How do you think that's going to go over, Carlin, if you take that tone? Do you think Kevin Durant's going to sign a contract extension? Probably not. So what are your choices if you're Brooklyn? None. You have no choice. Ridiculous. Why is everybody making excuses for Kevin Durant? I get that he's a great basketball player. I understand that. But you can't absolve him for the blame on what took place with Brooklyn. It has been a dumpster fire, and he's the reason why. I do think this is a time where we can talk about what his legacy is because all he has ever been doing is trying to shop for his legacy. And all he has done is listen to everybody who tells him that he, first of all, did the wrong thing by going to Golden State because it was too easy. Okay, I'll try to fix it. I'll go somewhere else, do it on my own. You know what? This doesn't work. I'm out. Get me somebody else. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN Plus, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, there are other aspects of this, too, that need to be covered. What about Ben Simmons? What is Steve Nash thinking right now? Where can the Nets actually go to trade Kevin Durant at the moment? We tell you everything you need to know, plus more of your opportunity to get in at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Where should he go, and who do you blame? Let's go. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports Kevin Durant wants to be traded away from the Brooklyn Nets. There was a sense of inevitability, I think, around the Nets and around Kevin Durant that this day was coming. I think it's about time that Kevin Durant severed ties with Kyrie Irving as teammates. There's going to be a trade, and it's just a matter of where he winds up. If, if Kevin Durant is on the first train out, uh, Kyrie Irving will be on the caboose as far as the Nets are concerned. I think it's very likely that not only Kevin Durant, but Kyrie Irving have played their last games for the Nets. But where's Durant headed, and how does Ben Simmons actually figure into being a problem in terms of making a trade? That answer in 30 seconds. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. And on your smart speaker, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Remember the first time you discovered something amazing, like when you saw your first summer blockbuster in a theater or watched your favorite band live in concert? Well, what if that could happen to you with your job? Maybe there's a job that was made for you. ZipRecruiter can help you find it. Like a personal recruiter, ZipRecruiter works for you to find a great job and discover new opportunities that are the right fit for you. ZipRecruiter also pitches your profile to employers and they can invite you to apply for jobs. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. This does get a little bit tricky when we start to talk about how Ben Simmons is problematic for the Nets when it comes to making a trade. Let's let Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider last night on SportsCenter with SVP, explain exactly what the problem is. It impacts it a lot because Ben Simmons was signed with the designated rookie extension in Philadelphia, eventually traded to Brooklyn. And how the rules of the CBA are is that you're allowed to have two players that were signed to this type of extension. However, they cannot be two players that were traded for. So if you're looking at Ben Simmons, you cannot add a player like Devin Booker or Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, 
Uh, Trey Young. Bam Adebayo is the big name in Miami. The Heat have been linked to the Nets. So you cannot add one of these other players as long as Ben Simmons is on this roster. If Simmons is traded, yes, you can go out and try to acquire a player like Bam Adebayo. Okay, so just to give you the entire list of stars, Chris, that can't be traded for right now as long as Ben Simmons is here, Mm -hmm. Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid, Mm -hmm. Booker, who just agreed to a new extension yesterday, the max, and can't be traded inside the first year of that, Carl Anthony Towns, again, same kind of thing, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo, Trey Young, SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Luka Doncic, and Michael Porter Jr. So that's that's a lot of players that the Nets would be looking at to try to get in return for Kevin Durant. Now, Durant wants to go to Phoenix or Miami. You know what I say to that? Good for you. (laughs) If you want to go to those two places and you're going to tell me that I can't get Bam out of bio in one of those trades or I can't get... um, Devin Booker in another one of those trades, I'm not in any kind of a hurry to make a deal there because I'm trading an unprecedented player with four years of control left. I am getting every single thing that I can. No doubt about it, Carlin, but here's the thing. I don't think the Ben Simmons of it all should preclude Sean Marks from getting the best deal for Kevin Durant. And you're talking about a haul for Durant – that should include an all-star caliber player, a bunch of first-round picks, a bunch of pick swaps. And so if I've got to move Ben Simmons in order to bring back a player that I feel great about, a a young all-star, then then that's just what has to happen. And so I'm curious as to how the dominoes are going to fall in terms of the order that these guys are going to be traded in because that's going to determine a lot of how the Brooklyn Nets are going to reshape this roster. But I'm excited to see what Sean Marks is going to be able to do with an asset like Kevin Durant because you're talking about a top three player in the NBA today, Carlin, that's going to be traded. And he's an even more valuable asset when you consider that he's got four more years of team control. He's under contract for four more years. So wherever you trade him, he has to play. So it just it seems like Sean Marks is in the best position that he can possibly be in for a player of Kevin Durant's caliber one now. And just to give you an idea of what we're talking about here. For me, if we're talking about trading him to Phoenix, mm. DeAndre Ayton, Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and three number ones, not enough. That doesn't get it done for me. That doesn't get it done for me. Is that is that unfair when it comes to Kevin Durant? I mean, listen, I, I, I don't know if I would limit it to three ones. I would say four ones. Give me, give me your yeah. next four first-round draft picks, and I want three pick swaps. Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton, who was essentially on his way out the door anyway. Could, could that be enough for Brooklyn? I, I think that's a pretty good deal for Brooklyn. I, I really do. Um, not to mention that you also have Kyrie Irving as an asset that can be moved. You also have Ben Simmons as an asset that can be moved. So, like – like, starting off with that puts Brooklyn in a pretty good spot. I want two All-Stars. You want two All-Stars? I want two All-Stars for him. Okay. I, I Here's what I would say. How about we talk about what's going on down in New Orleans? And we talk about Zion so are Williamson. You talking about Brandon, are you talking about Brandon Ingram or are you no. talking about Zion Williamson? I'm talking about Zion Williamson 
and C.J. McCollum and picks. That's a heck of a gamble to take with Zion Williamson, though, isn't it? It is, but I'd rather have Brent, Zion Williamson in that deal than any of the, than either of the other two, and we know that he wants to be in New York. Well, yeah, the upside of Zion Williamson, I mean, you're talking about a player that can develop into, you know, a top five to seven guy in this league if he can stay healthy, but that's the biggest problem, Carl, and we, we don't know that he's going to be able to stay healthy. What's he played in 85 games in his NBA career? It's not a lot of games, and he's been in the league for three years. So, I mean, I guess that would be the biggest question about Zion. So, I, I mean, I, I, I like the idea of it, but I would need more from the New Orleans Pelicans. And I'm sorry, but C.J. McCollum doesn't move the needle for me. I know he's a new teammate at ESPN, and he does a great job as a basketball analyst, and he's a really good player. He's not 35. He's only 30. He's 30, but still, I have no interest in that. I'm looking for players that are in their 20s because I want to have the longest possible runway. I want to have the largest window that I can create for these young players to develop and grow into a contending organization again. That should be the goal for Brooklyn. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protections on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. More of your opportunity to get through on the gutless move by Kevin Durant. Plus, the expansion of the Big Ten. Who's next? We'll get some insight from our insider in moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. A lot of you chiming in on KD. Let's start with Derek right here on ESPN Radio. Derek, go. Hey, I think uh, if Kevin Durant goes to any sort of contender, be it, you know, where he wants to go, Phoenix or Miami, uh, they're going to have to give up way too much. Why am I going to risk a shot at the Eastern Conference Finals or the Western Conference Finals just to get Kevin Durant and lose every single young piece and draft pick for four years? It makes no sense. Yeah, watch. Teams will line up to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not even a question. Everybody's looking at Kevin Durant as that missing piece that could take their team over the top. And Phoenix and Miami are two of those franchises that are thinking the exact same thing. So I, I just, yeah, th- there's going to be a lot of interest in Kevin Durant. Let's face it, Carlin, the guy averaged 30 points a game last year. Yeah. When he's healthy, he's one of the three best players in the entire NBA. So why wouldn't you be interested in acquiring a talent like that? Joe is up next on ESPN Radio. Joe, what do you got? Hey, how y'all doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. So this is what I'll say. I feel like Katie, one of the best players in terms of physical abilities, but when you rank the greats, you got to split hairs to differentiate because they are so good. Context matter. And I feel like Katie got to get knocked from a lack of leadership. He went there to lead his own team, and Kyrie was the one more in charge. You know, the way you talk to your guys, decision-making on and off the court, the environment you create, all impact winning. Look at the Warriors and how happy they was for Steph. Your teammates to play better for you if, you don't, if they don't want to let you down as opposed to just going out there and, like, just die for it. 
You know, I think he wants out, Chris. I think he wants out because I told him that Steph was an alpha and he wasn't. I think you could blame me. That's why he wants out. Listen, I co-signed everything that that last caller had to say. 100%. Absolutely. Like, I mean, as the best player on the team, in part, it's your responsibility to set the culture and set the agenda for the team. And Kevin Durant did a horrendous job of that in his three years in Brooklyn. And I thought that was the whole point of him leaving Golden State, Carlin, which was to prove to everybody in the NBA world and maybe prove to himself that he was capable of doing his own thing and building his own championship-winning team. You had Kyrie Irving. You had James Harden. I I don't know what else you could ask for. You you handpicked your own head coach. What more do you need in order to accomplish the goal that you set out to have when you came to Brooklyn? This has to be viewed as a massive failure, and Kevin Durant, again, has to be the face of that failure. There's no other way. There's no other way to look at it. And for Kevin Durant, worried about what his legacy is, he is the one that wanted everything that he got from the Nets. Every single thing he could have possibly wanted, they capitulated on and ultimately couldn't get it done. And now, instead of trying to fix it and stay there and win a championship in Brooklyn, get me out of town. USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. And don't think this is over yet in terms of expansion. As you know, there are schools, athletic directors, coaches all over the country today who are scrambling as to finding a home. It's like musical chairs waiting for the music to stop and where they're going to end up. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. I Carlin, was not... what happened to that alliance that was formed two <laughs> months back? What happened to that? Remember, remember the alliance? The alliance was Kevin Warren, the Big Ten uh, commissioner, along with the commissioners of the Pac-12 and of the ACC, all of whom, by the way, were in their first or second year, who said, we're forming an alliance so that we don't you know, s- steal each other's uh, teams and, and schools. We're, we're going to work together. Yeah, it worked better on Survivor than it did right there in that alliance. Let's welcome in Pete Thamel, ESPN senior college football writer, has got a great write-up on this on ESPN.com, has got a covered pillar to post. Pete, it's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. We appreciate a few minutes. Hope you're doing great. Let's dive right into it. Uh, First of all, immediate reaction yesterday when you got the news that SC and UCLA were headed for the Big Ten. I think, Chris, in the, in the micro, like, of course, you're surprised that at 1130 on a, on a Thursday, this all unfolds on a random day in June, right? In the, in the big picture, I wasn't surprised at all. The, the, in, in, we've written this multiple times on ESPN.com in the months leading up to this. The market forces right now have created a power, two, and the revenue gap between the SEC and the Big Ten and everybody else had grown to essentially project out to be double. So the higher-end schools in those other three leagues are only naturally going to go try to cross the river and get more money. And obviously, with the Los Angeles market and USC's football history, UCLA's brand, Chip Kelly always likes to say it's the most applied-to school in the world. I'm sure Rutgers is second, Chris. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's there's just enough there where, of course, they're going to be the prettiest girl at the dance. And, of course, they're going to have a chance to have options. And, Ultimately, I heard you guys sort of mocking the alliance. Like, ultimately, that was like the, the, the one thing you sort of had to get your mind around was, well, 
could they have just formed this alliance and then plundered their, you know, alleged brethren who they linked arms with awkwardly 10 months ago? So that that was the only quote unquote obstacle was that the people in charge had said this wasn't going to happen. But by pure market economics, this was imminent and inevitable. Pete, how did the two member, new member schools of the Big Ten affect the ongoing television rights deals, the negotiations between the Big Ten and Fox? They, go, they will go up. They will look a lot different than my 401k right now. Right? <laughs> uh, they're going to go distinctly in the, uh, in, in the green and not the red that, that, that we see, right? Um, it, it, I asked a lot of people that question yesterday, Chris, like what percentage, what X, what that, and – Nobody wanted to give me a, a super specific answer, but the, the genius of this move from the perspective of Fox, which is going to get the, the, the contract, which has the contract for the Big Ten, is essentially going to sublet out some of the lower tier games, is that they not only add two elite programs, uh, or at least elite brands, and they haven't exactly been elite the past few years. Um, they not only add the LA TV market, but they also don't have to invest nearly as much in the Pac-12 because they already have the most desired properties. They already have a West Coast footprint for those late games and those late blocks. And they basically already have the best of something. So they took a chunk of money, added it to the pot of the Big Ten, but they also saved a bunch of money because they don't have to invest in all the rights. And again, I I don't know if they're going to have any or none or smaller, smaller amounts, but whatever they do invest is going to be much less. And so they're getting the quality without getting saddled with the quantity. You know, there's that Oregon state, Arizona state basketball game. You got to put on the air at some point, that, <laughs> those types of things. So you don't, I mean, look like it, it's inventory and there's good inventory and there's less attractive inventory. And um, so I think that the, the, look, the big 10 is already ahead of the sec in a lot of ways financially. And this is only going to push them a little bit further ahead. Um, and it's a, you know, it was a, it, it, it's a seismic move. There's, there's no other way to, there's no other way to say it. Pete Thamel, senior ES, uh, senior college football writer for ESPN, joining Canty and Carlin. Okay, and the natural question is, Pete, who's next to move? Yeah, and and I, I dove into that uh, a bunch in that ESPN.com story you, you talked about earlier, Chris. But I, I think this, the the most desirable school still on the board is Notre Dame, but they've been the most desirable school on the board for a century, right? So um, I didn't get the sense from calling around last night that that Notre Dame's in any kind of pan, right? Um, but, but you know, there, there's two pillars to Notre Dame's future that, that need to happen. Pillar one is they need to have a, you know, a vibrant, robust national TV contract. It's been the NBC deal for years. You know, shoot, it could be the Apple deal. It could be the Amazon deal. Uh, I I don't think this impacts that much television-wise. Notre Dame's in their best run in a generation or so on the field and, and off the field for Notre Dame football in terms of TV. In a lot of ways, if you're going to do the Apple, Amazon, a la carte thing, you can buy eight really good college football games from one of the best brands and not get saddled with all the ancillary stuff like we were joking about before, those random Tuesday night basketball games. So you can get premium content and it's a very efficient way to put it out um so i don't think this impacts notre dame's tv market at all what what their worry will be eventually is how does the playoff form if they don't have a clear and fair path to the playoff then 
that's when you're going to see Notre Dame seriously consider joining a league. Um, and again, the playoff is its own rabbit hole where you could spend a lot of time and, and energy going down. But um, right now, I, I don't think we're, in, we're 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 in a place where it's just two leagues funneling to a playoff. But we're also further a lot further down that path today than we were last week. And there are going to be ripples. North Carolina is a really interesting school right now, Chris, because they could go to the Big Ten. They certainly fit the Big Ten's profile in a lot of ways. They could also go to the SEC. So I think, well, there's been a lot of focus on Clemson. Obviously, their performance has dictated interest. I think North Carolina, in a lot of ways, is uh, is, is a school that's going to have some interesting interesting decisions to make. And, and then the ACC, at some point, um, you know, may have to decide if it's going to try to recalibrate itself and grow. And maybe they merge with the Pac-12. A couple of people speculated that to me last night, just you know, from 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 thirty thousand feet. Uh, so there's, you know, there's obviously just a a lot of different ripples and reverberations. I'm sure, Carlin, you're getting flashbacks from Rutgers Big East <laughs> and all the, you know, all the different league ruminations that you lived through, uh, you know, for, from your time uh, doing play-by-play there. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating time in college sports right now. And I will say this: things are moving faster, seemingly, in this realignment round than we've seen in than we've seen in others. Um, Talk. The one thing about the ACC that, that that needs to be mentioned, though, before everybody just starts like, you know, playing fantasy commissioner and picking off schools, is that they have a binding grant of rights, uh, and it, you know, like nobody quite could do the math for me yesterday, but the, like the notion was, if you say a hundred million exit fee plus legal wrangling for your grant of rights for all your properties, they thought that was a, and that's that again, how prohibitive is that? Maybe we'll see. Maybe it'll be tested in the courts. Maybe. You know, the, the ACC schools claim that the, the league evolved to a point where it wasn't what they signed up for. And, uh, you know, you, you, we've seen some creative things with, with exit fees and such, but this is certainly a different dollar amount that we're, that we're looking at and would be dealing with now um, if some schools did try to, uh, did try to leave the, uh, the ACC. Talking with ESPN college football writer Pete Thamel on Greeny. And Pete, with the emergence of NIL and the expansion of these Power Five conferences at the top, what is the NCAA's role in the future of college football? Great question. Um, that would be like a really good Harvard master's thesis um, <laughs> right now. And I, I think the best answer to that, if somebody really wanted to go down a NCAA rabbit hole right now, would be to go read the Supreme Court ruling. Um and see what Justice, Justice Kavanaugh had to say from, from Alston. It basically says, and I'm obviously, I, I went to Syracuse, which means I don't know a lot about math or law, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it essentially, streamlined says, if the NCA makes unilateral decisions for college sports, that could break antitrust rules. But a conference can do whatever the heck they want um, in terms of, it, for example, if you are only allowed – the NCAA says you can only have 11.7 baseball scholarships. And the way I and others have read the Supreme Court ruling is that the SEC or fill in the blank, the Sun Belt could say, all right, we want 23 baseball scholarships. And as long as you fall within Title IX and everything's good, you can go do that. So there's essentially a legal path and precedent that's been set where leagues can cast their own future. And I really feel like that's important going forward. And people are going to rely less and less on the NCAA. Look, the NCAA's heavily criticized i've done my share of it over the years there's a place for it like you know like we don't like paying taxes but we all have accountants right like there is some sort of 
blocking and tackling, you know, make sure the trains run on time, compliance, enforcement, uh, you know, just that, that there will be need to be a governing body, whatever happens, Chris, with the future of college football, right? Like, it just can't be. Now, whether that shifts to the conference office, um, somebody's got to run championships. The NCAA does an excellent job at running championships. They are elite at that. Um, not only the basketball championship, which makes 90% of the money for organization, but the lacrosse tournament is excellent and well-run. The baseball tournament, we just saw that. How about the softball tournament? So there are some things that are viable about the NCA that just, you know, like just snapping it up and, and taking it off the map doesn't make a lot of sense. But the, your question was about their role in college football, and I think it's fair to project that it will be less than it was in the near future. Pete, awesome insight as usual. Encourage you to go check out Pete's article on ESPN.com. I just retweeted it right now. lays out everything for you. Appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Chris and Chris, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Pete Thamel, ESPN senior college football writer, laying it all out there for you, and he is as good as it gets. And five years, I don't think there'll be an NCAA. Mm. And I think in, let's say, within two years, even though Notre Dame will have those Amazon-type options, I bet you they end up joining a league because unless there is a major expansion of the college football playoff, it's going to get harder and harder to be an independent. And I would not be shocked. Let me just paint a quick scenario. You're Notre Dame. Who are your big rivals that you have games that you look forward to? USC, Michigan, and believe it or not, Stanford's a pretty big rival of theirs. Mm-hmm. So what if Notre Dame and Stanford joined the Big Ten? I can see that happening. That's just, you know, me speculating here. Yeah, anyway. I mean, based on based on the footprint of the schools with the two big conferences, you would say the Big Ten makes a lot more sense than the SEC. And, you know, Notre Dame is looking at those television rights deals that are going to be negotiated by those two conferences. And they're saying, you know what? We want a sizable portion of that. And and I think that those conferences would be open to the idea that it wouldn't necessarily be proportional to the other schools. It doesn't necessarily mean that Notre Dame's share has to be equal to the other schools. Notre Dame could get a larger share of the television rights deal. So all of those possibilities happen to be on the table. But it seems like there's been this shift in college football with the expansion. We saw it a couple of years ago with Oklahoma and Texas. Now we're talking about it with USC and UCLA and the value that they're going to bring because they're they're also bringing the second biggest market in the country with them in L.A. So, yeah, this is this is a new day for college football. And, Carlin, we're not going back to the way it was. No. That, that is apparent. This no, is, we this are is not. This can't thing, be... and, it's, and it's going to continue to evolve. Oh, it, I, I think it's ultimately going to be really good for everybody. I, I really do. I, I'm, I think at the end – you're going to have two super conferences, and they're going to break away. So we'll see how this plays out. But I, I still think even for those smaller schools in the FBS, they're going to get plenty of opportunities as well. Remember the first time you discovered something amazing, like when you saw your first summer blockbuster in a theater or watched your favorite band live in concert? Well, what if that could happen to you with your job? Maybe there's a job that was made for you. ZipRecruiter can help you find it. Like a personal recruiter, ZipRecruiter works for you to find a great job or discover new opportunities that are the right fit for you. ZipRecruiter also pitches your profile to employers, and they can invite you to apply for jobs. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. 
earlier today on Greeny. I don't think there's a situation where you could pin it on any one person or say, oh, it's this person's fault or that person's fault. I think it's, um, it's, it's a collective failure across the board, and that's why the Brooklyn Nets are in the position they're in right now. I can think of a couple of people you can blame. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. In for Greeny, Weekly Rewind, brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Your opportunity to get through. Is it Durant? Is it the Nets? Is it Kyrie? And where should KD go? Dana, up next on ESPN Radio. Dana, fire away. What do you got? I'm going down as the best general manager ever. I'm going to do a three-team trade. Brooklyn, Chicago, the Lakers. Brooklyn give up KD and Kyrie. Lakers give up street clothes, Westbrook, and whatever other players they want. Chicago give up Zach Levine. The Lakers get KD and Zach Levine. Um, Brooklyn get street clothes, Westbrook, and whatever players they want. Chicago get Kyrie Irving. Problem solved. I'm GM of the year. Hmm. There's a lot so there. So I'm so I'm giving up Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and I'm getting back AD. Anthony Davis and Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, who has a forty-seven million dollar player option. Yeah, that's a negative contract. Russell Westbrook is a negative contract. That's not an asset. So I'm gonna need. I'm gonna a need lot more. more. Yeah, exactly. Give me all of Chicago's picks. Yeah, that 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 <laughs> deal does. Yeah, exactly. I'll take that. But that because I know the Lakers, the, the, the twenty twenty seven, they're holding on to like it's the first overall pick next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean the deal doesn't work for the Brooklyn Nets. But no. I mean here's the here's the reality, Carlin. We are talking about Kyrie and KD being out of there. There's there's no scenario which I could see both of them finding a way back to Brooklyn to play together this season. Even though that seems like that would make the most sense if they're both adamant about wanting to play together which makes this that much more bizarre. Moses, next on ESPN Radio. Moses, go. How's it going, guys? Great. So here's my two cents. I have, I have 100% uh, sort of contrary to what you guys are stating. I, got I, 20 I seconds. Let's go. Sean Marks, 100% of the blame. you got to take ownership of the president you set. You didn't manage expectations properly. You cannot allow superstar players to run your house. It's the same thing as, a, as I'm a manager or owner of an organization. I allow you guys to run the house, and I want to get strict. You're not going to respect me. Right? And that's exactly what happened. Sean Marks should take 100% of the blame and take ownership or fix it in the next two or two years. It's that simple. You cannot blame the players. Players are not general managers. Players do not know how to run a team. I, I'm sorry. I think uh, you do. You Thanks for the call time. because you just heard Kyrie Irving, what, about a month and a half ago say, can't wait to be the general manager of this team basically, and run this, and we'll do this all together. Stop. I can blame players. I can blame them all in it. No question about it. I mean, that's what superstar players get in today's NBA. They get the opportunity to make influential decisions in the franchise. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.